Good morning, Game Changers. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to Live Church X Online. We're so excited that you're tuning in with us today. We miss all of you so very much. And I just want to say, if you're tuning in with us for the first time, we are so excited that you're with us. Yeah. I don't care how you found your way here, who tagged you and invited you. I believe with all my heart that it's not an accident that you're watching right now. And if you'll open your heart and just be willing to receive whatever it is God wants to do in these moments ahead, he'll meet you where you are and do Amen. something very special in your life. And so I'm praying that for you today. As you can see, we're doing something a little different than normal here this morning. Katie and I are together. Yep, changing it up. That's right. Going to share a little message with you today, really a message from our heart um, just to try to encourage folks with things that are happening right now all around us. The title of our message today is Living in Uncertain Times. Living in Uncertain Times. And so her and I, we've been talking a lot about this over the last few weeks, and it, it's pretty obvious by now that most people, what are we, week seven? Seven, eight. Seven, yeah. eight into this, something like that. By now, most people have made the adjustments. They've pivoted and have kind of started to set into a new normal, I guess, if we can call it that. Right. Uh, so that initial response, that initial uh, stage of all of this, I believe is kind of behind us. And we're, we're moving in now to some of the more longevity stages of this, where what's important is that we as people of God, as husbands and wives, as fathers and mothers, that we are able to lead our families, lead our lives with consistency Amen. now over the long haul. Amen. You know, so many people are like, they can just be these roller coasters emotionally up and down, but people who are anchored in the word, anchored in their relationship with God, really live a life that's steadfast, that's consistent, no matter what kind of storm, trial, or adversity is, is happening all around them. And so we want to encourage you with that message today, uh, living in uncertain times. So I want to open up with some scriptures in James that I feel like give us a real good picture of um, living from a place of godly wisdom, God being our source um, to make decisions and where to live from versus the wisdom of the world. So if you open your Bibles with us today to James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. And James says here, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. And listen to this. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Does that sound familiar? Confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so we want to focus on these scriptures today, but before we dig in, let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you that you have given us the source of all wisdom, that we don't have to walk through this in confusion. We don't have to walk through this without knowing where you're leading, Lord God. And I just pray today that you would open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us, how to lead our families, how to lead our businesses, Lord God, and that you would speak to each and every person who's tuning in today. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing, for your protection, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 Doesn't she pray powerfully? Man, that was fantastic. Um, I've, I've always loved the book of James. I call it, this is just my opinion, I call it like the book of hard knocks, right? It's like where the rubber meets the road. I mean, James just, he doesn't pull any punches, man. He comes out, he just kind of hits you with the truth, almost like a little mouth jab, you know, like, hey, get it together. This is what your life should look like. This is what it shouldn't look like. And these verses, especially where he talks about um, a clear picture of here's what godly wisdom looks like when it's lived out in our lives, and here's what sensual or demonic wisdom that doesn't descend from above but from the earth, this is what it looks like whenever it's lived out in your life. It's kind of like a clear test between the two that you can hold your life up against, and if you're honest with yourself, you let the Lord deal with you, you can see, am I living the godly life or am I living a sensual life? Yeah. And so wisdom, it's the ability to to judge correctly and to know how to make decisions in a given situation, right? And so we want to talk about a story today in the Bible, and it's about Abraham and Lot. And we're seeing in, in this situation how one of them chose to lean on godly wisdom, and then one of them chose to, to lean on earthly wisdom. And so I want to open up in Genesis chapter 13, and the, the history to this story is God called Abraham out of the land that he was living in, and he said, you and your family go, um, his wife Sarah, but Abraham decided to bring his nephew Lot along. And so they started on this journey to where God was leading them, and then um, as their herds grew and as they prospered, all of a sudden the, the, the people of Lot, like the shepherds and the herdsmen and the people of Abraham, they started fighting, and it was like the land wasn't big enough for them any longer. And so Abraham, he came to Lot, and he said, hey, I think we need to separate, and so why don't you choose which way you want to go? If you go right, I'll go left. If you go north, I'll go south. And so let's pick up here in verse 10. It said, and Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go toward Zor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and, then, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plains and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord." So we see that when Lot went and made this decision, he didn't go and he didn't pray about it. He didn't seek the wisdom of God. What he did is he looked with his eyes and he said, hey, this area looks good. This area looks beautiful and looks like it would prosper me. So I'm going to choose that way. And so he, he leaned on his own earthly wisdom. Yeah. And that, so again, we're going to going back to the scriptures in James that we open with and seeing this, these differences of godly wisdom and earthly wisdom Verse 16 in James 3 says, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion in every evil thing are. And so this is, to me, a great picture of that. I love the story that you chose for this because Lot is full of envy. He's full of self-seeking. Like he, Abraham is willing to yield and give Lot what he wants because Abraham knows God's going to take care of me. But Lot, he's trying to get his, he's trying to get his own. You know, he's trying to get the best. He wants the best. He's, he's trying to pursue that. And in doing so, this is what's key. Yeah, the land was better land. We know that. The Bible says that. But look where Lot ended up when it was all said and done. 
He ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah. He ended up in the area of Sodom that eventually God brought judgment upon and had to bring Lot out of there because he got caught up in their mess. It says he got entangled with all of them. So where we have self-seeking and envy, these kind of things, we know are not of God. So you cannot allow those motivations, those emotions to lead you into anything because if you do, guess what? Every kind of evil thing is waiting like a trap out there to ensnare your steps and, and hold you up and keep you from things that God would actually want to lead you into. Yeah, it, it also says in Proverbs that when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But when humility comes, then comes wisdom. And so we see that when we are willing to yield, which boy, that's been a, that's been a tough thing in my life. You know, that's been a lesson that yeah, I have learned really it, about right. being willing to yield. <laughs> um, but when you allow God to grow humility in your heart, you find that wisdom comes with it. And yeah. being willing to yield, being willing to step back and to allow God to work things out, to open doors and to reveal to you um, just shows that, that godly wisdom comes in those moments and that God's really able to do a work in your life and go before you um, when you are willing to yield to him. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's saying, it's basically like saying, God, it's your will over my will. It's, it's bending your will to God's will. The opposite of that is to turn your will against God's will, which is another way of saying rebellion. And a rebellious spirit never walks in the things of the Lord. So, you know, being willing to yield, another thing around there is that it's, it's something that someone who's secure and who they are, what they have in God, that they're not threatened by man to take anything away from them that God has given them. Like, when you're secure like that, then you're willing to yield because you're not trying to, you know, contend for or just like have this contention about every single little issue. I remember Pastor Rick used to always say stuff like this. He'd say, we get into these situations that were what he would consider like minor points or non-essential points, you know, and he'd always say, Matt, I'm not going to die fighting on that hill. That's good. Isn't that good? That's good. And I say, man, that makes so much sense. He's like, there's other hills to fight on that I'm going to need to stand strong on. I'm not going to die fighting on this hill. It's a non-essential thing. I'm willing to yield and just trust God to work this thing out. To me, that represents a man of wisdom, walking in wisdom and trusting in the Lord. Absolutely. But that's not the way the world typically tends to work, mm -hmm. is it? But the Bible tells us that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God and that godly wisdom, like the world doesn't recognize it as that. And so like that story that you shared with Pastor Rick, you know, it takes wisdom to be able to see what are the things that I need to stand firm on and what are the things that I need to let go because I know that the truth and the wisdom of that will come in, yeah. in time. Man, aren't we in a time like that right now where Amen. so much is going on? We as people of God, you know, we need to make decisions like what do we need to stand firm on? Where are our convictions? Do they need to lie? And what are things that maybe we're trying to fight for that, if we're honest, maybe we are just not willing to yield or we're having a contentious spirit about us and uh, it's not something that we need to maybe be in strife with other people over uh, whatever that might be. Yeah, that's good. It's tough. And so the Bible, you know, it says that it's, it's fearing the Lord. We're talking a lot about desiring the wisdom of God but wisdom begins by fearing the Lord, by, by wanting 
what he has to say by knowing and, and respecting God's wisdom and how he says things instead of looking to the world's wisdom or that foolish wisdom, right? Yeah. And so there's a story in Kings that I wanted to share um, that kind of shows the wisdom of God. And it's one of my favorite stories when we talk about wisdom and it's Solomon. King, King Solomon. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I taught you this, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Right. Um, but anyway, King Solomon in this particular situation, there was two women um, that came before him and they had both had a baby mm. and one of the babies had died. And in the night, the other lady, the other mom, she stole that baby and tried to claim it as hers. So when Solomon had these women come before them, they were both saying that that's my baby. And then the other lady was, that's my baby. That sounds like our kids, doesn't it? That's mine. That's mine. And you're like, and you're like, who, who did that? And they're like, not, you know, right. So anyway, so King Solomon, he, he had wisdom from God because his judgment was, we'll go and cut the baby in half, which that doesn't sound like a God thing, does it? But hey, and give half to each mother. And he knew, which is what happened, that the, the mother of that baby was like, no, 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 better my baby live and to go to a different person than for my baby to die. And that was the wisdom of God that spoke to his heart in that moment. And that's the wisdom that we need today. They can look at a situation that seems impossible to be able to tell or to understand and to be able to have God speak to you so you can discern it wisely. That's good. You know what that makes me think of is the scripture in the New Testament where it says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce through to the division even of joint and marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intentions of the heart. Those are complicated things that only the Word of God can cut through and make sense of. That's why we have to lean on that through all the times in our life and not lean on the wisdom of this world. That's good. Like Solomon got that wisdom from God, and he knew how to handle that situation. And the important thing is there was fruit in the outcome. You know, that's, that's what I see in that situation. It's good stuff. Yeah. And so... Um... We want to talk about back in James, it was saying characteristics of the fruit uh, or of wisdom, and it talked about like being pure and being peaceable. And so why don't you talk a little bit about... Yeah. Yeah. He goes through this list of things that to me, it's almost like a wisdom test. It, It says, if wisdom truly is from God, here's how you can know it. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. There's a series of things there, and we could kind of touch on a few of them, but I encourage you to really study through these because you can look at the way you're living your life, and you can hold it up against this verse in James, chapter 3, verse 17, and say, wait a minute, um, I'm not operating in godly wisdom. I know it's had to check me, remember James, mouth punch, right? It's had to check me in my steps a number of times um, but we need to be humble enough to step back and recognize, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not walking the way I should be. And so, one, it's pure, which means it has godly or heavenly origin, right? It's pure. It's peaceable, which means it always promotes peace. It, it, it's seeking peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus says. And so we know that when our heart is for restoration, it's for peace and relationships, it's not trying to get the upper hand on somebody, not trying to give somebody you know, what they deserve, you can just tell those are not things that flow out of godly character and godly wisdom. 
So pure, peaceable. It says it's gentle. Man, this is a big one. We need more gentle souls on the highways today. Can I just say that? I mean, you need to be a little gentler when you're on the highway. I mean, it's just people who are not of a gentle spirit, it's like they're so easy to provoke, you know, just like Boom, this powder keg waiting to go off all the time. That's, that's not a gentle spirit. And so wisdom that comes from God, it, it's always developing this, this kind of like this gentleness in us and in, the, thing, in the, the way that our relationships interact with other people. I just want to share a story with that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> a little impromptu, but I know that I had got some good advice as a young mother um, in leading my kids. And, and it was a friend of mine. And what she told me is the Holy Spirit is never in a hurry. Mm. And so if you feel that, that you are being led to do something now, to move now, that it is, it is rarely, if ever, the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will bring wisdom in timing for you to process, to confirm, and, and to be able to move at a healthy pace. And so that being gentle yeah, um, and not being quick or rushed or forceful, that's just not the characteristic of God. Yeah, and I just want to remind you again, like we opened up, we talked about you know living in uncertain times and leading your family, leading your life over the long haul. As things like what we're going through right now in this pandemic kind of drag on, uh, it gets harder and harder for us to maintain this kind of walk, right? We get challenged more with the circumstances. That's why it's so important to keep pressing into God because these characteristics flow from Him. They don't originate in us. So we need that steady connection, ongoing connection with Him so that there's that steady flow into our lives. So it's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, and again, it's willing to yield. We spoke about that a second ago. Um, hey, let's just, let's just kind of be honest for a second. In our marriage in the early years, this was a really hard thing for both of us. Um, she's a little more stubborn than I am, no. but we're both no. pretty headstrong. <laughs> we're both the oldest of four children and uh, you know, just kind of driven mindset. And so there was a whole period of our early years where it was like not, neither of us were willing to well, give an big. inch. Yeah. We were, both of us were trying to fight for every piece of ground we could get. And over the, you know what I'm saying? The Anything. dumbest things, yeah. stupidest things. Like who drank the orange juice? I don't know, you know, <laughs> big blow up. It's just willing to yield. And so eventually, finally, thank God, I started yielding and I started going first in this area. And then you came along, right? That's how it went, right? God, I remember it. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, we really prayed and we sought God and, and God broke through each of our hearts separately right. and really opened our eyes. And I think when we are both willing to yield operating like this, that's when it seems like there's just the, the most harmony and Right. You know, just grace in our life, in our marriage, whenever we're like that. Yeah. Amen. So pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Oh, full of mercy. This is huge. I got that one down. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know about you, but when I think of full of mercy, I think about quick to forgive. Yeah, that's good. Right? Jesus' mercies are, are new every day, yeah. and we're in need of forgiveness every day. And people who are not full of mercy, they have a hard time forgiving, and Listen, I want, to, I want to challenge you to go to another level of this, not just to be able to forgive. I want to challenge you to be quick to forgive because we know that unforgiveness is really uh, like a trap that imprisons the person who won't forgive in their life. It actually really doesn't hurt the person that they're not forgiving. Right. It hurts the person that's not willing to forgive. Yeah. The Bible says unforgiveness is like a root of so many kinds of sin and problems, and so... 
man, being full of mercy is the quality of Jesus. I think we can see that clearly, and that's what he's challenging, calling us to live out and walk in as well. Are you being merciful right now to the people in your life, relationships around you? Maybe you're you know, shut in with some family members right now, and by they week might. seven, week eight, it's getting a little hard there. Um, man, I pray that you just have mercy, be willing to forgive and quick to forgive in all kinds of situations. Yeah, that's good. Full uh, mercy and good fruits without and partiality. without partiality. Yeah. That's good. You know, we can be selective sometimes yeah. in how we give these things to other people. Um, Jesus said, he said, look, it's, it's pretty easy to love those who love you, or it's pretty easy to lend something to someone who you know can give something back, but that's not what I'm asking you to do. Even the Pharisees and the tax collectors do that, he said. Wow. And so without partiality means that, look, every person is made in the image of God, and every person is deserving of this kind of fruit, this kind of character out of our lives in the way we interact with them. We don't look down our noses at anybody. We're not better than anybody. We don't treat anyone like they're less than. And just really being without partiality and knowing that we can do a good work in anyone's life, wherever we are, anytime, that God can use us in any situation. That's good. And so I want to transition and talk to you a little bit about how to, how to get wisdom. And so we've kind of touched on some of this a little bit, but the first one is, is listening, listening to the Holy Spirit. And I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. It says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thought with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. We kind of reference that. And he cannot understand them, but they are spiritually appraised. And so we have to, we have to tune our ear into God. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit and his prompting. Like I was talking about, the Holy Spirit is gentle. He's not going to come out with a bullhorn and yell at us and tell us what to do. But, but you know that prompting of the Holy Spirit, we need to be obedient to that, and we grow in wisdom as we listen and tune our ear in to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's huge. And I would just say, you know, during this time that we're in right now, ask yourself this question, am I investing my time wisely, right? I mean, this time's going to come and it's going to go. Seasons all have a beginning and an ending, and, and this season is going to end. And there's probably things that are going to be different than they ever have been, and some things will go back to the way they were. But we, we want to look back and say, man, we invested our time wisely. Are you investing time in your relationship with God right now? We know that wisdom comes from him. It says that. It doesn't come from earthly means. And if that's the case, then we're only going to find it when we're with him. And so it just makes sense that we would prioritize our lives in a way where we're investing our time with God to be with him, and the more we do, the more we can expect to receive from him that kind of wisdom that just flows steadily into our lives. 
I think about when I go to grandma's house, you know, she's always got good food, right, grandma? Oh. And, uh, and you go and you can... I miss grandma's oh, food. Oh, man, that's getting me thinking right now. I know. Grandma, if you're you listening today, we're coming over <laughs> as soon as this quarantine lifts. And so uh, you go over and you smell the food and, you know, you go to the, the dining room and you sit down and you eat and it's delicious. Everything's great. But look, the cooking gets done in the kitchen. It's in the kitchen where the magic happens, right? Where all the recipes, all of the cooking and the just right, uh, you know, everything is cooked to perfection. And then you eat it in the dining room or somewhere else. You enjoy all the benefits, the fruits of it. But the cooking got done in the kitchen. That's where it happened. And so we want to live with wisdom. We want wisdom affecting our lives. We want to make wise choices. We want to you know, use wisdom in how we interact with other people. But if there's going to be a releasing point of that in our lives, there needs to have already been an entering into point for us where we were spending time with God to receive that. So think about that. The cooking gets done in the kitchen. Wisdom happens when spiritual activity is heightened in our lives and our relationship with God is ever close. And we can all invest our time in a way where we're pursuing that or not. It's up to us. That's good. And that takes me to, to the next thing is meditating on the word of God. Mm. You know, when you're spending time with God, you listen, but you also, to, to know his voice, to recognize it, you have to meditate on his word. That's where we learn what the word of God sounds like, what his voice sounds like. And so in 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, it says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you know the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Wisdom comes from the Scripture of God. That, that is where we, we know the truth. That's where we see like the bar of where things are set that we measure up to. Just like we read James and we know the bar of wisdom. That comes from the Word of God and for allowing that to get down into our soul. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we're like, that's God. Mm. I know His voice. That's good. That's good. That makes me think about the words of Jesus when He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, I, look, obviously he's making a correlation between bread, natural bread for food that nourishes our physical man to the bread of life, the words of God that nourish our spirit man. And so just like I have a meal today that nourishes me, it sustains me for today, gives me strength and energy for what I'm doing right now, look, that meal... Uh, I'm going to need a new meal tomorrow and the day after that. The bread of life that he's referring to that nourishes our soul, we need to keep going back to that banquet table and keep receiving fresh bread for each day's daily matters that are at hand. So we stay nourished and healthy and strong in our spirit, just like that example that he gives with the physical man. If you're malnourished, you can't do the same kinds of activity. You can't run the same kinds of races. If you're spiritually malnourished, you're not going to be able to walk as strong in your faith and step out into the things that God would lead us into, those great and mighty things that await us in the unknown places that God wants to take us to. Yeah, that's good. And so in the last point about um, getting wisdom is, is to ask for it. You know, Jesus loves to, to give us the desires 
of our heart. And he wants us to ask him for wisdom. In fact, in James 1, 5, we're encouraged to ask for wisdom. He says, ask for it. God will give it generously without finding fault. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives it without any reproach. God wants to bless us, to pour wisdom on us abundantly, but he wants us to ask him for it. The Bible tells us to seek and we will find, to ask and it will be given, and to knock and the door will be opened. You know, those are for the things of God, for what we need for any given situation. Whatever situation you're in right now, whatever is facing you, if it's managing a business or if it's employees or if it's your kids like mine that are going crazy and they just need something to do, God has an answer for whatever it is that you're going through. And so if you'll ask him, he would delight in being able to open that up to you. That's great. That's great. That's such good stuff. I'm going to close with this. This is back to James 3, verse 13, where he opens these verses. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good t- conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. And I would just say that today. Where are the wise today? Where, where are the people who really are living with godly wisdom? There are certainly a lot of people who think they're wise. Um, but normally it's, the ones who lay claim to that themselves that are really operating more according to the wisdom of this world than according to the wisdom of God. Jesus said, look, it's just a matter of time. Everything will be brought into the light. Those who walk according to true wisdom, we will pass the test. We will finish the race and we will finish strong because that wisdom will stand the test of time. It will outlive every trial. It will outlive every adversity that you go through. We need to be a people of consistency who live in uncertain times with an unwavering, steadfast faith, moving through from season to season, glorifying God and being strong and consistent in who we are in Christ. That's our prayer for you today. And listen, I just want to ask you if you're listening and you say, I'm hearing this message today and I feel like God is speaking to me. If you hear me say that and you're like, man, I can't explain it, but I know that that is what I'm feeling right now. Can I tell you something? That's the Holy Spirit of God drawing your heart right now. Remember, he's peaceable and he's gentle. He will not force your will but he will draw you and invite you to himself because he desires more than anything to have a personal relationship with you. He's inviting you right now. You can give your life to him today. You can open up your heart and receive the free gift of grace for Christ to forgive you of your sin and turn away from the life that you've known and lived and turn entirely to him. When you do, God sends his Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. The Bible says that we're born again and made new creations, that we are alive now spiritually because of that, though we were dead before, which means that we can be assured that we have eternal life and that we will go to heaven to be with God for all the age after we leave this earth. What a glorious promise that is. And that's the most important decision that anyone walking the face of this earth could ever make. And so I want to ask you today, if you're ready to surrender your life, to make Jesus Lord and invite him in, would you pray this prayer with us right now? Say, dear Father God, 
I give my life to you. I surrender my will to yours. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he suffered and died for me, that by his blood my sins are forgiven, and that I could receive eternal life by the gift of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer today, according to the written word of God, you have been saved, your sins have been forgiven, and God is going to help you to live out this life of purpose and destiny that he's created you for, and we would love to help you do that. We would love to connect with you and come alongside you and walk with you in this journey of faith that you're on and be able to grow closer in your relationship with God every single day. In just a minute, you're going to hear some information on how you can easily connect with us, and we can walk with you in this journey and help you to become the person God's created you to be. So on that note, you want to just say goodbye to everybody? It's been great being with you today. It's been fun, hasn't yeah, it? This has been fun. It yeah. has been fun. We made it through this. So. We did. Well, we love you guys, and we miss you, and, and just know that we are praying for you all week long. Yes. Um, we're here for you. And we just, we just hope that God does amazing things in your life through this time. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day.